All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast this week. We talk Timberwolves, we talk NFL, we talk Premier League, and we even get into some Russia-Ukraine stuff. Here we go, Nordies podcast. Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How is it going, guys? Doing well, man. Oh, fantastic. How are you? Hey, we are doing better than baseball fans or Major League Baseball, as they probably won't even have a season this year. But we do have a season. It's 52 weeks a year at the Nordies Podcast, and you can give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordies Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from. Get the Nordies Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. And also, this year, Whoa. we're also going to the universal DH rule. And this year, Ryan's going to be DHing for us all year here on the Nordies Podcast. It's really nice to know. It's so solid. Just a solid hitter. What? Yeah, dude. 52 weeks, <laughs> 104 episodes a year. If you tune into every single one, shoot me a DM. I'll send you a hat. Dang. Whoa. Hey, actually, we don't have any hats. I just, I, I, I don't know. I've been drinking too much beer, but we'll figure it out. We're going to get some hats made for that. <laughs> Hit him up. Get the DM going, baby. I'm paying for it. I said it. <laughs> All right, guys. What are you drinking tonight? I am uh, at our good friends, former Nordy winners, Black Sack. I'm drinking Simcoe and Chill. This is Oh, you thief. Cold IPA with Simcoe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Ryan. I'm guessing, do you have the same one, or is that what you did last we sh- time? We should have coordinated it a little we bit better. I got it. You had that for the screen. Okay. I I'm have, um, the... I'm at, okay, go ahead, Ryan. You do, you go. Okay. I thought you teed me up for that. I'm drinking the Bent Paddle Cold Press Black Coffee Ale. Love it. Jimbo, you can't drink this unless it's in the morning. Uh, I'll be sleeping <laughs> just fine. Yeah, then there's really, I, I guess it's a weekend beer for me, because I, I generally try not to drink uh, alcohol. It, Before when I'm 10 a.m. Yeah, I mean, you know, before 10, but 10.30, 10.01. All right, so this is Junkyard. This is OG Cushions, another one of their four-packs. Um, New England-style IPA, what else? And damn, nice, soft, flavorful, fruity, tasty-ass beer. Once again, how, OG Cushions. How much better of a world is it to live in with Junkyard shipping out four-packs? I mean, like, a decent percentage better, like, you know, 1% better probably. If you're in oh, Minnesota, no, I think it's I think it's just better to have non crawlers from that. Yeah, is all I'm oh, saying. I know. Like I, I feel oh, like I feel like wonderful. that's just that's way more than one percent better. I agree. All right, well, let's get after this, guys. Lots of news and breaking here on the pod. It's probably going to be by the time you listen to this, you'll probably know more about this. But all the rumors are pointing to Aaron Rodgers back to the Packers as the highest paid player in NFL history. Good. For how many years? Two? Something like that? Three? Probably one or two, yeah. If it's the highest paid for one year, that's funny. I'm, I'm into it. Um, I'm if he's signing for like three more years, I'm actually like kind of annoyed. Um, because I do expect them to be very good every time he's their quarterback, as in probably wins our division, and then we have to like compete for wildcard bullshit. They have the worst but, cap, second worst cap situation, and if they're going to make him on top of that, the highest paid yeah. player of all time. And so be it. Kick the can. And down we got to do all all news. You know, coaching staff. We maybe aren't competing this year. Maybe we are, but let them lose one more disappointing playoff game before he's gone, and let them yes. burn their future down. I don't care about this. Aaron Rodgers. I hope he makes eighty million dollars this year. He deserves it. <laughs> exactly. I hope that whatever the full cap is, he gets all of it, and then they don't have a team when he forces his way out mid season or something. I mean, in all seriousness, though. He's a drama queen. I wouldn't want anything to do with him unless no, he wants to come okay. here and then so, I'll put up so with whatever he's, he does. Let's, let's eliminate all of his off-the-field whatever from the discussion. Let's just say Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. And from a regular season perspective, Aaron Rodgers is a really good quarterback, a really good NFL quarterback maybe one of the best of all time. If you, I mean, you, you can make those arguments for sure. When it comes to the playoffs, I don't think he's worth the money. 
I don't mm. think that Jordan Love is the answer to those problems. But if you look at the Niners game where on the first drive, he Kirk cousined his way into like, oh man, Packers look like they got this in the bag and then literally didn't do shit for the rest of the game Mm -hmm. um, and got whooped at home in the cold of Lambeau by Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I don't think that should be like highest paid QB in the game money, but Mm. I don't know if LaFleur has any other choice. I don't think the Packers have any other choice. I think they know Jordan Love is bad and there's a good chance Aaron Rodgers would want to go to San Francisco to replace Jimmy Garoppolo or follow in the footsteps of Tom Brady and go somewhere where there's a team that's like Super Bowl ready and they have no choice but to offer him an absurd amount of money. And yeah, that kills them in the near and uh, like, I don't know, semi far future. So I'm fine with that. I'm totally okay with that. Bring it on. Kick that can down the road. Turn yourself into the Saints in two years, and we'll be golden. So, uh, school like Here we go. Next up, NFL overtime changes possibly coming. The Colts have put forward a rule that both teams, no matter what, would get the ball in overtime. Um, so, currently the rules are if you score a touchdown on the first drive, their team never sees the ball. It's really stupid. Um, I think that the rule should be no extra points in overtime. So, you have to go for two, and both teams have to go for two. Or... Or if you want to risk it, how about this? The second team has to go for two. How about that? That'd be electric. First team can kick the field goal. Second team has to go for two. You could go for two the first time knowing that. um, But the second team had to end the game with their two-point try, either getting it for the win or losing with the miss. Right. Right. So I think if that was the rule, it would be the same as you have to go for two because nobody's not going to go for two and leave themselves open to getting beat. The next possession. Yeah. Well, I actually like I like the you have to go for two because you could score a touchdown, get stuffed, <clears throat> and then the other team gets the ball back, scores a touchdown, and if you stuff them, the mm-hmm. game still keeps going. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I kind of like I kind of like that. Yeah, me too. So yeah, yeah I think I, it's a great idea. I hope that's what they do. Literally, I hope for some changes. It doesn't need to be college overtime where it goes to like eight overtime. But player safety. Yeah, I, I want I like I think that they could just adjust slightly what they have now and make it even better and more fair. Um, and then uh, also coming in with some football stuff. Turns out Mike Zimmer really hates Kirk Cousins. Turns out Mike Zimmer is just a dude. He's just a he's a cranky old dick. Kind of a dickhead. Yeah, that's it. I don't know if he's a douche. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's a douche. I think he's just a crotchety old dickhead. <laughs> yeah. yeah crotchety old dick um but yeah so why don't you share why we brought the story up um because uh i don't know well, I, I, don't know I mean he had like the the article came out that he had the press conferences or, or he had the new like com- meetings meetings where he yeah. would just call he out called Kurt. out cousins for not making big like, enough plays or whatever you don't make the big plays and then you find out that they never meet one-on-one as in, he never probably says this shit to Kirk. He just says it in front of everybody about Kirk. So, once again, weird-ass fucking leadership, if you even want to call it that. I'm just Toxic. so happy that's over with now. Yeah, and I think that um, one thing I was listening to a, a podcast, the whatever Vikings Star Trip podcast is, and they were talking about how um, the new regime, uh, Kevin O'Connell and... Uh, Quasi, uh, both are less political than Zimmer and Spielman. So when they're answering things, they're not answering things like um, in a tricky way. They're not trying to mm-hmm. avoid questions. They're not trying to give you weird clues. They were just answering things more honestly and that the reporters felt that that was refreshing. So I'm hoping that this is a, a healthier regime. I'm not saying that Zimmer didn't do a good job while he was here, but it definitely got ugly for, for a while um here at the end so well that's also it's also interesting that you bring that up eric because remember when it was like they were doing like the zapruder film breakdown of like kevin o'connell was asked is kirk cousins gonna be the quarterback and he was like i would love to work with kirk cousins and everyone's like now hold on 
what does this mean? They were still in like that Zimmer mindset of like, how do we mm-hmm. dissect this? Like you're speaking answer. in code. So let's crack the code. Yeah. <clears throat> when really he was probably like, I'm kind of excited to have a really good quarterback like Kirk Cousins yeah. under my regime. I've had Jared Goff, who was terrible, and I've had Matt Stafford, <laughs> who was average. And we managed to get both of them to Super Bowls. So to have like an actual competent QB, maybe he was being like 100% honest. Like I have a QB that can make throws better than Stafford and Goff combined. And so I'm pumped about it. But everyone's like, well, hold on. He said, he said he's under contract. What does that mean? I, I do and, think though it's, it's like ridiculous that the reporters think that like it's that they need to be honest about things like at the same time because what is he supposed to say if they do want to trade cousins what is he supposed to say we want to trade cousins and then all the teams are like well fuck it we're not going to give them a good offer then yeah like, I would like mm-hmm. to drive down Kirk's value as much as possible in this press yeah. conference my first press conference as Vikings head coach like my least favorite question is this this is this doesn't need to be asked it's absolutely ludicrous. Can you guarantee with absolute certainty, will you promise here today for us that Kirk Cousins will be on the team next year? Why would you ask that question? What a stupid question. Do you understand? And it gets asked questions? all the time. It gets asked all the time. Can you, you guarantee know what this... that Carl Anthony Towns will be back next year? And then and then when they do trade those guys, they're like, oh, he said he promised a few months ago he'd be. What was he supposed to do? You're in the right. media. Don't ask stupid questions. Do you want to know what the second dumbest question is in sports? It's after a championship. It's a an elder player. This could be baseball, basketball, football, soccer, lacrosse. Doesn't matter. And they're like, you ended up on, on, on top. You're going to get the ring. You're the champion. Are you going to retire next season? And this is literally like 19 mm-hmm. seconds after the game ended. And they're uh. like, I don't know. We just won. I haven't even thought about tomorrow, let alone next year. Uh, we'll get that. I do the Jonah Hill thing where they asked him like about being the fat guy in Hollywood. And he's like, do you have any other questions that are smart? (laughs) (laughs) I'd give him that one. My favorite, my favorite of all time is when, uh, Bryce Harper, the baseball player who was like mashing the ball as like a 19 year old, they were interviewing him about his 21st birthday. And they're like, Bryce, what do you think about turning 21? And now you can finally go to the bar and get a drink. Like, are you going to go out and get drunk for your 21st birthday? And he like looks at the dude and he's like, that's a clown question, bro. And then he just moves on to the next question. <laughs> like, yes, that's such a good move. I like that clown too. Question. Especially because Bryce Harper could walk into any bar in America and get a drink from any bartender. Yeah, absolutely. So I just love that. He just called him out. That's a clown. All right. So uh, next up, guys, we move to uh, the situation that's happening in Ukraine with Russia and Ukraine. And I I think that we should talk about this from a sports standpoint here since we're the Nordy sports cast right now. Um, And there has been some real sports news and how uh, you could harm Russia for their heinous and ridiculous acts. you know, by harming their sports fandom. Uh, And the first thing that happened is UEFA is moving the Champions League final from St. Petersburg to, looks like um, London is going to be their move. I thought it was Paris. Did they, did they change it to London? Paris was the original report. I don't think that they've decided yet. It's down to a couple of the major C's. So they, they, they're looking to move that game. And it for sure. So so basically as far away in Europe as they could get it from Russia. Um, so that was the first thing. Then, then the uh, very corrupt FIFA, um, though everyone was calling to boycott games against the Russian national team, kick them out of World Cup qualifying. Um, I think the teams that they have to play are like Poland, Denmark, and Norway or something like that. And those teams also, they would refuse to play Russia. You, uh, FIFA came out and was like, you cannot play under the name Russia use the Russian flag or play in Russia. And everyone in the world was like, no, that's weakness. Like give them something that will actually change their mind. So after the international sporting committee, whatever it is, the ISC um, came out today and said that they were requesting that they were banned from playing in those competitions. They're now temporarily banned from qualifying for the world cup, Uh, which is good news if you're a soccer fan, because not only do you get to punish um, Russia, even though it might not be fair to their players who um, 
you know, almost may or certain. may not be. We don't know where they stand, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they very well could think this is ridiculous and awful, but there's no other way. You've got to punish the country to stop the terrible act. Um, but also, it could get Erling Holland into the World Cup uh, because um, Norway is the team on the outside looking in that would benefit the most from this. Um, so maybe Erling Holland and company in Norway could get into the World Cup because of this. So there you go. Well, what else, Eric? What's going to happen next? I mean, come on. You're on top of this I, stuff. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but it does really feel like Russia has very much underestimated um, the resistance that they would face, the pressure that they would get from the rest of the world, uh, and then the fact that some people that I think they considered allies, like China and Kazakhstan, um, are we're going to kind of turn their backs on them right away. <laughs> When the going got tough. Amazing. Like it makes me less makes me sleep better at night knowing that China's not backing this. I mean maybe they they still got but at least on the world stage they're not. They still got Tucker Carlson in their corner, so yeah, they got (laughs) worries. They got Tucker Tucker, Carlson. He's all about the guns. He should strap on a fucking gun and get in there and start trying to shoot up Ukraine. I mean, if he really is all about it, he thinks it's the right thing to do. He's got Tucker, Marjorie Taylor Green, Paul Goser, and um, Belarus. That's who Russia's got. <laughs> and Belarus. So that's who's uh, on Team Russia. Um, but overall, I, I'm hoping for a quick resolution. Uh, the fact that both sides are willing to kind of talk already hopefully means that a peaceful resolution or a more peaceful resolution than we're at currently is in store. But I do have some fear that a trying to save face Russia and Vladimir Putin could turn to some quite heinous and violent acts in the hopefully final days of this, um, which is scary uh, to think that they could use like thermobaric missiles that would like vaporize major cities in Europe. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's just, that's the, I think, know. I think that's the major concern for everyone is let's say even Putin's closest allies, his military leaders all say, dude, enough's enough, you know, whatever needs to happen. Like who's going to take the nuclear football? Like, and I'm speaking, you know, extemporaneously, like, I don't know what the the procedure is, but like, who's going to take the nuclear football from him that says, you know, to, to eliminate the possibility of him launching some, like Eric said, some truly heinous uh, mass murdering weapons of destruction. And I don't know what that is. Um, I don't know who would do it. And it's a terrifying thought that, that, you know, you're, you're, it's the whim of a madman, um, who won't even sit next to, you know, Jimbo posted some of the pictures of him with his like security council, like his closest advisors. And they're all like 60 feet away from him. Insanely, um, paranoid at this point. Yeah. I mean, he well, has- it's like, um, I want to I, I want to harken back to the I, I think I've done this a couple of times and I don't know why this keeps happening. But like the comedians in cars getting coffee where Jerry was with Obama and they were in like, I don't know, whatever, the, some basement coffee room of the, the White House. And and Jerry asked him a question of like, how many world leaders? And I'm paraphrasing here, but it was like where you look him in the eye and you're like, that guy's gone. You know, like that guy has been in power too long and he's just not sane. He's not normal. And that's like what I keep thinking about, like Putin, like he's been in power for so long. He has so much money. He's so delusional. COVID has like made him isolated and weird and strange. And like, at what point is is his brain just like, like just just out there gone? He's not thinking straight, rationally, like nothing and is hell-bent on, like, bringing world destruction to Ukraine. Um, Yeah, and I did read a thing that they didn't know what to do. Like, Russia was kind of in a place like they didn't know what to do, and all options were on the table. And two of the options that were listed were, one was that he would try to, like, cut off all oil and gas to to Europe. Germany, like As, like, a negotiating tool. Like, hey, kind of don't punish us too badly here and let us have a way out of this and we'll turn the oil and gas back on. And then the other one was that they could, um, they could explode a nuclear weapon in the sky between Denmark and England and see what happens. Oh my God. 
That's scary. <laughs> I was like, okay. So, I mean, I think that this stuff is just absolutely bonkers at this point. Like, it's off the rails, and we're hoping for the most peaceful um, way back possible. But I will say this. Um, one thing that I, I find myself thinking, and we'll, I promise everyone we'll move back to sports here in a second, but I do want to leave you with this. I know that it's important that people take in um, Ukrainian refugees and all of the nations of NATO and of Europe and the border that border Ukraine that are opening their borders and staying open 24 hours a day to let carfuls of, of people, mostly women, children and elderly people into their country and help them and feed them and try to give them a roof over their head is beautiful. But these same things are not given to people that come from the Middle East or from Africa who are those same refugees. And we shut our borders to those people mm -hmm. and we demonize those people. We let those people die on boats in the middle of the Mediterranean. And we act like we need to, that the biggest crisis in the world is refugees escaping war-torn countries. And it's fucking it's weird. It's weird. Mm. Like I want there's what's like there's got to be some like delineating factor between like those two factions of people, Eric. Yeah. You maybe yeah, what put, is you maybe right. put your finger on it. I don't know what it is. I'm it's, just speculating here. It's just bullshit. And to me, I think that's fucked up. So for every person who's hopping on Instagram and posting some post that everyone's been posting about let refugees into the country and take care of Ukraine and we support Ukraine, you need to be supporting the black and brown people of the world in those exact same scenarios when they're desperately fleeing the same type of shit. It just isn't happening as a conflict of white people. It's happening yeah. in a different part of the world. And we demonize those people and we shut those borders and we say, don't let these people in. And then we act like they're evil and it's the exact same people. It's our exact same neighbors and they just look different. So I want everyone to think about that when you're thinking Ooh. about helping out with the Ukraine. So I promise well done. you. Hey. Well, I didn't know you were going to make that point, and I just love it. Golf clap for that, and it's a hundred. It's a hundred percent accurate. Of like, and let me just say one to... more thing. This is my call out to people on social media. Um, number one, you're not an expert on these things if you just started following Twitter threads like a, like a month ago or a few weeks ago. And number two, um, stop trying to shoehorn in your shitty fucking American political points. This horrible tragedy that's happening has nothing to do with cancel culture. It has nothing to do with the woke mob. It has nothing to do with masks. It has nothing nothing to do with the insurrection on January 6th. So stop trying to fucking conflate things just to make a point of like, you know, oh, people complain about masks. Look at these poor refugees. They're much worse. It has nothing to do with it. Just stop. Um, so that's my point. Uh, it's not as profound, but it is really annoying. So go ahead. All right. So I agree. I, I agree with that. And since we're all getting a chance to make points, I would like to make mine please abundantly clear that um, just because you didn't know that there was going to be a conflict in Ukraine doesn't mean you're guilty of being like a horrible American citizen as well. Mm. Like, so uh, maybe you aren't as tuned into like the geopolitical climate or as Jimbo said, you didn't read three Twitter threads um, and now you're an expert. Right. I, I don't need to be made to feel guilty because I wasn't completely tuned into all of the workings of that. So if you feel guilty because some algorithm says uh, you weren't doing enough to prevent this, don't, don't feel guilty. You're mm -hmm. okay. You're fine. Just do your best. If you want to support Ukraine, great. If you want to, you know, uh, repost things that other people are posting, great. Don't feel guilty because you weren't, you know, completely up to speed on, you know, everyone's like, well, this is what happens when America's trying to bend NATO all around Russia. Okay. Well, I had nothing to do with that. I, I, I wasn't even <laughs> right. like aware that that was a thing that was happening. So I'm sorry. Yeah. So don't yeah, feel guilty about point. that stuff. Yeah. Like just, to, just to try to balance out what we're saying, right. <clears throat> Be aware that there is a, a, a bias between of white countries and people that have people with different skin colors and being made to feel guilty by the algorithm way far to the other way, which is you're guilty no matter what. So yeah. like try and find some sort of a middle balance there. All right, guys, let's get back to sports. That's what we're here for. What yeah. are sports, Eric? And uh, we're going to talk about baseball. Okay. Baseball oh. is so stupid. Um, they're stuck in the past. <laughs> they're run by a bunch of old farts. 
It's just terrible. Um, but they're officially going to miss games now at this point. Um, and this is such an absolute dumpster fire of a mess. They have no idea how to share revenues. They have no idea how to, they have no salary cap. They have like five teams that they promote. All other teams' attendances are in the absolute garbage. These teams cannot afford to keep their own players. So they develop players for the three teams that can compete for the title to sign. And every time you have a good player, the player makes like $100,000 until he's about 27 years old. And then he signs with the Yankees, the Astros, or the Dodgers. It's just a complete clusterfuck. It's like the only sport in the world where like there's three teams that could possibly make the, the World Series at the start of the season. And at the end of the season, those are the same three teams that could win the title. Yeah. And then the owners, all of the owners somehow are all like, yep, system's perfect. It's like, but wait, a lot of you don't own the Dodgers and the Red Sox and the Yankees <laughs> and the Astros. I'd like, say most I, of you don't. Yeah. I would say a majority don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think it's crazy, though, to think that, like, any of these small market teams should could be okay with anything that's happening in baseball. Um, I know that they're all, like, splitting revenue, but, like, these teams have their own TV deals. You know, they have their own TV and, and media deals. And so the Dodgers deal is worth $2 billion a year, and the Twins is worth, like, $70 million. Like, these are not competitive teams. One is more clo- the Twins are closer to a minor league team than they are to the Dodgers. And the Twins mm-hmm. have been pretty damn good over the last few years a few times. And they're not in the ballpark of the t- teams that are competing for the title. So um, to me, baseball is a complete mess. If you look at the stands of these games, no one goes to these games anymore. And it's just like uh, baseball is like a is like a nostalgic event in the summer. And when people do go to the ballparks now, they just want to walk around and drink beer and eat the food anyway. Oh, my God. That's the best. I can't well, I would wait. say I would say that's the appeal of going to a Twins game is that you can get a $13 ticket, right? And it's kind of like going to the State Fair. Like Jimbo, you've made that, you know, connection multiple times. It's like oh, it's, it's, it's the Major League Baseball State Fair and you can just go try try a smorgasbord of food and try some weird beers and watch 18 seconds of of a baseball game, you know, while enjoying a wonderfully like beautiful May evening in Minneapolis. Like, I mean, that's a pretty solid evening. If you, if you just took out like the baseball aspect of it, like if you weren't even a baseball fan, uh, baseball can't get out of its own way. Think about like the NBA and the NFL had to implement at some point in time, a shot clock and a play clock. Why, why did they have to do that? Because it, upped the pace of play it made the game more interesting to watch it made the game higher scoring which people wanted to see etc etc it started to improve the skills of the players too even i mean the players in the nba are better than ever i mean I, I, that's probably true of all of most sports but um i mean they didn't get to just pass around and waste time they had to fucking make plays non-stop and um the NBA even modified the shot clock rules so that if you get the offensive rebound, it's not a full 24, Like yeah. you, you, it, it's even less. So, so the fact that major league baseball is like, we're not implementing a pitch clock. We're not doing it. It just shows how stupid they are. Like you need to make adjustments to your game to be competitive with the current market demand. Three hour and 58 minute baseball games are not in the current market demand. So do mm-hmm. something to make it better. And they refuse to. I mean, break off and like start like a, a, you know, original baseball league where you use like leather, you know, old fashioned brown leather balls and a mitt <laughs> with one string on it. And you, your pants have to be fucking thick wool from original fucking <laughs> sheep. I don't know, okay, but, like, you can have a modern game. It's okay to modernize your game. Not to the old baseball writers from the Boston Globe, Jim. We want to keep it. I I watched Sandy Koufax. He's the greatest Jewish pitcher ever. And You know what I mean? Like I liked him, even though he was Jewish. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. 5,000 years of beautiful tradition from Moses to Sandy Koufax. You know, like just. 
That's so good. All right. Well, let's move on from baseball because it just puts me in a bad mood. We just went from yeah. Russia to baseball. Bad news everywhere. Holy um, cow. All right. So let's go to some Who's good news. Gopher hockey. We never talk about gopher hockey, but they are absolutely <laughs> on fire. Uh, they've won like five series in a row. I think they've won 11 of 12 games. They're going to be ranked in the top three in the country. They're the number one seed after winning the Big Ten this year. They have a bunch of future professional players. They had a ton of guys who played on Team USA in the Olympics. Uh, they absolutely busted up uh, number two Michigan, Notre Dame, who's in the top ten, and their bitter rivals, uh, Wisconsin, all in the last couple of weeks. This team is super exciting heading into the tournament. I can't wait for them to lose in the quarterfinals <laughs> to a team from like upstate New York with the guys that I've never heard of. Poughkeepsie. Eric, I want to know, why don't we talk about Kofor hockey more often? Um, because no one cares about college hockey at all. Well, that's true. But from the podcast perspective, the bandwagon wasn't <laughs> at full tilt yet. And now it is. Now it's on. We are a bandwagon gopher podcast in all gopher sports. Um, I would agree with that. We love gopher sports when they're good. We ignore them when they're bad. It makes it really easy to be a gopher fan. Right now, I think I think we're definitely like forever. I think I think we're definitely like gopher uh, basketball and hockey bandwagon fans. I think gopher football, we probably pay a little bit closer attention. We to will bum out on, on gopher football. We'll bum out. If I, they're losing every I, game, we'll yeah. talk about it and wallow in it. Uh, if they're losing every basketball game, right, crickets. Yeah. That's what I, I love. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, the problem is though, the wild are kind of ice cold. They've lost multiple games in a row for the first time all year. Uh, Dean Evanson said after their 7-3 to loss to the Calgary Flames, this is the first time all year that we really felt embarrassed by a game as they got completely blown out. They had a rough trip all across um, Canada for a couple of days there. They haven't played well now in weeks. This is the second time in the year that they've gone kind of ice cold, and it makes you think that they probably have a move that they must make before the deadline if they're going to stay contenders. In, they need a new goalie. Yeah, the goalie situation is like a real mm. – it's like might be – Real the, problem. Might be yeah. the biggest issue on the team as both guys are just bleeding goals in every game now. Yep. Well, what do you do? Yep. I mean, is that, is that hard to get? Nah, there's rental goalies you can trade for at the deadline for not too much. Yeah, yeah um, I think it's it's a it's a very gettable position. Um, but then are we going to be that wild team that's constantly like trading draft picks and – young players because i'm sure people are saying like well you need a new goalkeeper uh we'll take rossi and everyone's like no no like, i think okay, it'll be like well, no. it'll be like we trade an average prospect and we get mark andre flurry from from the crappy blackhawks who are definitely going to try to trade mark andre yeah Fleury. but why we don't want that though like hey you anyway, made, he run in the playoffs last year so i mean they're gonna have to go find somebody here like they're gonna have to make some move but um, they've been pretty ice cold. So next up, guys, we go to the NBA, where the Timberwolves, just while we were recording this, had a big win at Cleveland. They almost blew a 23-point lead. Actually, they did blow a 23-point lead. They did, yeah. Anthony Towns hit a dagger three right after giving up, uh, after they gave up the, the tying basket with 11 seconds to go. The Wolves hang on to win by five. This was a pretty good win for the Wolves, who have been a little up and down, but mostly up. I think they've won now like 16 of their last – 25 games that sounds right i would say we're probably four or five games over we're probably like actually probably like six or seven games over 500 in that that period right um because after the all-star before the all-star break or after the new year we were down and now we're what four games over 500 something like that Four games over 500 um we're kind of nestled in nicely to the seven seed um but the only issue is that we're still three and a half games behind um, six and five, the the Mavericks and the Nuggets. So, and they're look, both red fucking hot, dude. The Nuggets yeah. are like ranked five in the power rankings right now because they're surging. And then the Mavs are like, they're probably comparable to our team, but they're do, they're hot as well. And we're winning and they're winning. So I don't know. We might stick like around that our team, But they have Luka and we don't. Um, we're yeah. a couple games ahead of the Clippers. Well, we have Car- what you mean is we have Carl and they don't. I like that too. If we wanted Luca, we'd have to give them Towns and Edward. Yeah, I know. Shut <laughs> up, Eric. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. So he's undervalued, is what you're saying. If, yeah. if the yeah. season were to end today, 
um, the Timberwolves would host the Clippers in a play-in game, right? We'd if they them. win that game, they would get the seven seed and they would play against the Warriors, um, starting off with two on the road in Golden State. If they lost to the Clippers, they would then play the winner of the Lakers and the Pelicans with a second chance of getting in as the eight seed. So if they were to, say, beat the Lakers, then they would get the eight seed and they would go play against the Suns. So being in a play-in tournament means you're playing the Warriors at the Suns, which is probably a death sentence this year. Um, But just getting into a playoff series, I guess, would be progress for the worst franchise in the history of the NBA. Any type of success is is something. Correction, excuse me. The history of the world, please. Yes, the history of the world. Um, Not to correct you, but yeah. Well, here's the thing. I I do. I am resigned to the play in tournament. I think. Um, You know, it's more than I even expected. I thought we'd sneak in. What did I say? Seven to nine, and we're at six. Or no, we're at seven. You were at you were at five hundred even. Right, and I thought I think I still think five hundred will get you into the play in tournament. But yeah, it, it will. As the ten, the, the playing tournament is fun because it gives more. It, there's the NBA. It's the haves and haves nots, right? We've we've known that. Um, it, the yeah. the top three, four seeds win every single time. That's that's fine. Um, we're not there yet. So the playing tournament is cool because it gives more chance, more teams a chance to lose. <laughs> but it's exciting. You know what I mean? So the playing tournament is a death sentence. No one's going to come out of that and then upset the team like a, a, you know, one, two, three seed, and then keep moving. This ain't, this ain't hockey. And I, I hate the one game because I do think we're good enough now that we can win a series against an average team. Um, but, you know, it's one game. Anything can you happen. Guys, so. You guys do know what's going to happen. Here. That we're the not Wolves even going to make the play in tournament? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wolves are going to get in. They're going to lose to the Clippers. And then the team that Jim has talked shit about since before the season started, Lakers, are going to knock us out. No, Lakers aren't even going to fucking be in the playing tournament, dude. They're, they're the boring. nine. They're the nine, and they're way ahead of the ten. Yeah, the ten. Yeah, is, maybe is, that would be funny. I would not want to play the Lakers in a playing tournament. That's for fucking sure. No, if the, if uh, these old if, fucks can find some energy for one game, it's probably a single game elimination game. Yeah, I was gonna say if Anthony Davis is out, I would feel ninety five percent better about it. Um, even though LeBron is involved. And you can never really count that out. But if LeBron and Anthony Davis are both healthy, uh, I don't think that bodes well for the Wolves. Uh, yeah. So I will say that the Wolves are firmly in the in the play-in mix. They should get there for sure. Um, I will say the other thing is, is that I'm a little concerned about Anthony Edwards over the last couple of weeks. Oh, uh, I have been for sure, yeah. Totally he's staying. a shell of himself. Just inconsistency every game. I mean, he still has those 30-plus point games in there, but, like, he also has five-point games in there. And I just think those are kind of unacceptable for what level I think we kind of assume he should be at at this time. Like, you can have a bad game. Talk about a sophomore slump. Like, just really bad. Well, even this is last half of the year, though, um, it has been. And it's funny, it's coinciding with us winning games. So I just feel like he's sort of – deferring to people that have like are really meshing right now. Um, You know, the towns and the Russells and um, they're playing so well and so consistently now that I think he's sort of afraid to disrupt that and just sort of feels like, well, I shouldn't shoot as much, which is bad or I'm going to shoot. He's missing everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I am worried about that. That's been my concern. I think I brought it up in the pot a few weeks ago that like LaMelo ball on a team that I'm not would not be excited to root for either. It's like is doing way better. I mean, kind of blows, dude. All right, guys, we'll move on here to uh, some soccer talk. Your two teams, James's Liverpool, faced Ryan's Chelsea for the Carabao Cup, the most prestigious tournament. That sounds like a coffee shop from uh, the United States. Happened in England. This is an absolute um, not important tournament, and I'm not saying that because your two teams are playing for it, but it's like has no history. It's like Teams play their backup kids until the final. Uh, but this final, these two teams showed up with their A teams and played one hell of a game. The chances went back and forth. Uh, the goalies were making epic saves both ways. Uh, this was the most exciting 120 minutes of goalless soccer that I've seen in a long time, uh, which was a lot of fun. And eventually, uh, Jim's team uh, beat Ryan's team on the 11th round of penalties when the subbed-in goalie of Chelsea... Missed a penalty badly to lose it for them. 
this is another title for Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, which has to feel good. Uh, but these two teams look pretty evenly matched every time they've played this year. Um, and, you know, maybe aren't having the years that they were hoping for, but are still nestled pretty firmly in the top three of England and probably in the top five of European soccer. It was uh, it was an insane match. And, and yeah. all of the things you alluded to, it was, you know, um, Mane had a chance early on uh, on like a, a, a rebound off of Mendy that was saved by like his fingertips over the top of the goal. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, Chelsea came back and, uh, you know, Pulisic early had a chance that was a, a really great pass <clears throat> that was saved by, I would guess, is... Liverpool's backup goalie? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Well, he Becker was on the, the bench. One guy, though. Killing. He's healthy, so they didn't play everybody. <clears throat> I mean, they do play in a, a Premier League game in two days, so maybe they felt like I mean, they, they wanted to rest play, a little bit. They did play Diaz, Sa- Sala, Mane. I mean, they played Van Dyke. They played, they played their All the starters. Oh, it was yeah. mostly, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they, like, sh- didn't show up. They brought they the played heat, their, their, but... their starters with their, with their um, cup goalie. And yeah. he was amazing in the game. Both goalies were uh, – who cares? Here's what I would say. Even if it's a stupid trophy, uh, what a what an absolute awesome cup final this was. They made a dumb – No, it was a, it was a treat because – it was a treat mm-hmm. because previously in the year uh, – I forget who it was. Was it Jorginho that got a red card or Kovacic that got a red card? But it was at Anfield. And – Liverpool and Chelsea were kind of vying for the number one spot in the league. And the first half of the match was just incredible. Mm-hmm. It was back and forth. Both teams were firing on all cylinders. Like, And even the announcers said it um, in this Carabao Cup final, the pace of this cannot keep going. Yeah. Like the players will not be able. That was the same pace that was happening at Anfield between Chelsea Oh, it was Reese James that got the red card on a he he like went to block the goal the 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 shot on the goal line and was given an immediate red card. Um, but like even even that first half of that match was insanely competitive. I think Chelsea and Liverpool are so evenly matched between Chelsea's kind of defensive prowess and ability to kind of contain the ball and Liverpool's ability to counterattack and exploit small windows with like Sala and Mane running in behind. It, it was insane. It was such a fun match. I'm obviously gutted um, for, for Keppa, for the team um, and happy for Jimbo all at the same time. Like it's all these different emotions. Uh, but what, like Eric said, what an absolute like entertaining 120 minutes plus penalties <laughs> of soccer for everyone to enjoy dude it almost went as long as a baseball game it was pretty wild there for a minute Um, (laughs) it's like three hours and 48 i'll say this dude i'll say that you know congrats on the the great play barter and chelsea has become probably my my most anticipated matches now um because like you said it's so evenly matched that it's got red and blue i mean it's all these things london versus liverpool um we're complete we're always like now you're second. Now I'm third. Now I'm fourth. Now you're second. It's it's been so much fun, dude. I love and playing two, Chelsea. Two two German managers, you know, there you go. in that regard at the same time, too. Yeah, both, lots of lots of reasons. Both from both previous Dortmund managers that came to the Premier League to to find success too. Like yeah, everybody of, hates City and everybody hates Spurs, there. so it's all good, man. Um. Yeah. So we'll just look quickly at the Premier League table. Looks like Norwich City is most likely out of there. Um, they have a 93% chance on 538 of getting booted. Watford at 81%. Those two teams look dead to rights, kind of at the bottom of the league. But then after that, it's it's anyone's guess on who could go out after that. Leeds United, Brentford, Everton, Burnley, and Newcastle are all um, above 17% chance of going down. All between 17 and 35% chance. One of those teams will go down. Everton would be can you crazy. can you imagine the amount of money that Everton and or Newcastle would spend on players just to get back up? Oh, they would just keep their Premier League rosters and Premier League wages and murder every team and probably go undefeated. But it would be funny yeah. to see either of them go down. I mean, my best guess is Leeds goes down. They're just absolutely bleeding 
goals. They have no defense. They just fired their coach. They are bringing in Jesse Marcy, American manager, who was under siege earlier this year, playing coaching at Leipzig. Um, I don't know. It's crazy. And that's the best part about soccer is that there's not just a battle for the title. There's also a battle for relegation. So there's a battle happening on both ends of the table. And the relegation battle usually ends up being even crazier than the championship battle. Um, When we come to the top of the league here right now, you obviously have City who stumbled a little bit over the last two weeks and allowed Liverpool to get their nose back in this. Um, But they still have Liverpool on 538 with a seven, uh, I'm sorry, City with a 75% chance of winning the title. Um, Chelsea looks pretty nestled in at the third spot. And then it's going to be a huge battle behind that with Arsenal, Tottenham, Man United, and West Ham all duking it out for the final Champions League spot. Um, Right now, 538 has my squad, the Arsenal, at a 61% chance of getting there. Um, They're currently sitting in sixth place behind West Ham and Man United, but they have three games in hand on both of those. Oh, come on. You got it, baby. It's it's Arsenal's to lose. Especially, yeah. especially given their schedule, I know you you'll probably have a, a Liverpool and Chelsea match, uh, you know, make up matches. <clears throat> but it's really Arsenal's to lose. Liverpool as a team, which was what three years ago, something like that, three maybe four. Has there been any times that we've all finished top three? No. The first year, I think. No, no. Arsenal we have to. Well, not years. top three, no, but like Arsenal, in the top Arsenal, four. Arsenal, Arsenal three teams in the top four. That's what I want. That's my dream. And that's the, what it looks like that's right now. That's what I want. That's what we're hoping for. It would be a lot of Two, fun. Two, three, four. Two, three, yeah. four. Actually, one, three, four. One, three, four. Sure. I don't even care who wins the title. <laughs> I just want to get in the top four. Um, so uh, lots of fun action there, though, and that's going to come down to the wire. I mean, Chelsea, they have a 97% chance of finishing in the top four. Um, they could still finish in fourth place uh, as well. Um, yeah, and we but, could still win the Champions League, too. Let's yeah, not forget sure. that. So it is It is going to come down to the wire here. It looks like Wolves kind of blew their shot here with losses to Arsenal and West Ham in the last few days, which probably eliminated them from the top four conversation. Um, but, yeah, it's just – it's the most exciting league in the world. I really believe that. I think that the – How much, how much league... would American sports benefit from relegation? <laughs> the amount of money that would get spent for the teams to stay up. The only problem is, is that the Wolves would be playing in the G League right now, and they would have been for the last <laughs> 20 years. We would have been in the G That's League true. for 20 years. God. I'd have okay. moved to I take, Iowa by now, I, dude. I take it back. All Minnesota, all Minnesota sports would be in, like, the second tier yeah. level of competition, and Except I don't want that. The Vikings would be competing for titles, and everybody else would be in the Yeah, the Vikings no, dude, would the never Vikings, been, have been relegated. They're always good. No, the Vikings. The Vikings would be like the Crystal Palace of of the NFL of like every once in a while, like make a run at Europa League, get top seven ish, but usually finish 10 to 13. See, I, I talked to a guy, my, my mom's cousin um, from England when I was trying to decide my soccer team and I was between... My my, I didn't know much about soccer, and I was just you were getting West into it. Ham, West Ham, and Arsenal, so my three right? choices were my my family. Um, most of my family is West Ham fans from England. My the next biggest group of my family is Arsenal fans, and then one person is a Chelsea fan. And so I called my mom's cousin, never talked to this guy, didn't never met him, don't know him, just to ask him questions about who I should cheer for. And he was like, "Well, I'm a West Ham fan. We all have been. You should probably be a West Ham fan." And I said, "Okay, I will be." And then he said, whoa, 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 let me just ask you about your sports history. And he said, also, fuck Chelsea. That guy's a nut. Don't be a Chelsea fan. I said, okay. Right. So then that was out. He, was like, he was like, tell me about the teams you cheer for. And I was like, they're tortured. And he goes, ooh, okay, never mind. You can't be a West Ham fan. You probably have to be an Arsenal fan. And I said, uh... why? And he said, West Ham is full of history, and we've had good players, and we have good teams, but you're never going to win the title. And I was like, shit, that sounds like all my team. <laughs> so yeah. that's what it came down to. So I think our, the that the Vikings are West Ham, and they're always kind of like in the mix, but they're never really in the mix. And that's what sucks about it. So, um, yeah, I think people should be tuning into this. Hopefully City drops another game and Liverpool gets themselves um, right in it. I don't – I'm not even saying I'm well, technically. Technically, is it is it a – with Liverpool's game in hand, is it a would it be a three point yep. advantage? Three point advantage. Dude, so they're right that's there. Right there. Yeah. 
The problem is they literally win every motherfucking game. So things are going to have to change for well, City. Well, it's easy when, the, when the refereeing, when the refereeing, Eric, you know about this. No, the refereeing no. is uh, beneficial to. The refereeing in the Premier League is absolutely scandalous at this point in time. <laughs> Don't, why would you, Ryan, why would you ask Eric a question like that? They have this thing so, Eric, how, go how, can you distract yeah, how, from something else? How underappreciated <laughs> is Arsenal in the VAR purview? Oh, of we the don't. Even, they don't even look at it. They'll be like the, the announcers are like, "Ooh, that looked like a penalty. They're gonna have to check that on VAR." Oh, actually, never mind. They didn't even look at it on VAR. Like, <laughs> what? Why? Why wouldn't they do it? So I don't know. I hate the whole system, but you know what? It's it makes it just more pandemonium. Well, when you're a dirty club like Arsenal. <laughs> you know the red cards are going to start. Card, to, yeah. They're going to start to flow. Like I, I, I don't know what to tell you. That you're like the Rashid Wallace of Premier League clubs. I'm not really <laughs> sure why you're upset when you know the rules and you continue to commit red card fouls. <laughs> it's rough, guys. Well, it's really they're rough. desperation red cards. Is what they are. You guys get desperate. All right, guys. So like the time, like the time the arson, the wrong Arsenal player was sent off for a red card. When it should have been somebody else. That was against Chelsea. It's an all. I know. Yeah. It was Oxley Chamberlain, right? Yeah, he that, dives. Uh, he yeah. dives to save a goal with his hand, just getting a red card, and then they kicked off a different black guy who had the same haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, one hundred percent true. That is yeah. so English. Yeah, it was really. Bad. All right, guys. So that's all the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. Uh, we'll be back with you guys next week. Check out our first episode our screencast it was really good we talked pirates of the caribbean we talked crime the whatever the dumbledore movie is called we talked euphoria all kinds of good stuff so check that out but until then thank you guys for hanging out with us here at the Norris podcast